Welcome to the podcast about stories from the center of the universe. I'm Daniel Lance. I'm Paul Gilman, and this is Podzo One. Waleed Rayner is a former NFL linebacker who played for the Cleveland Browns, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Detroit Lions. In our conversation, Waleed told us about growing up in the inner city of West Charlotte and how football was like therapy for him to vent his anger and pain. We also talk about his college recruitment and playing at UVA, a school which he attended on condition that his older brother also be granted a scholarship to play with him. He teaches us about the dynamics and psychology of the linebacker position and talks about things like why he couldn't go straight home after games. We hear about players that disrespected him and how he responded, coaches that he admired, and those that he didn't, and how hard it is for players to both earn respect and stay in the NFL for an extended period of time. Now, Wally focuses heavily on his family and mentorship of young men, teaching them things like how to be men or how to build a healthy identity that is not completely dependent on sports. So without further ado, here is Wally Rayner. Bam. All right. Wally Rayner, welcome to Podso One. Yes, sir, man. Glad to be here. Glad, glad you could join us, Wally. I've been trying to track you down for a bit. You were a hard man to connect with, and I keep giving Roger Lee grief. I guess we should uh, mention that we connected to you through Roger Lee. And yeah. I think our audience uh, who's not familiar with Roger should understand that he's around five three five four. <laughs> I think I think that's right. And while you're six two, you you know yeah, a short I'm person. When you see I, I'm not really. I don't know how tall Roger is, man. He got a big personality, so <laughs> might be you know five four man with six two man with personality. Right, we'll give him six two with personality. He claims Dude. five seven, Wally, but I, I don't know about all that. <laughs> all right, cool. So, Wally, you you grew up in uh, the Charlotte area, right? I did. I grew up in uh, West Charlotte. So, tell us about growing up in West Charlotte. Well, you know, growing up in West Charlotte, man. Um, well, first of all, I, half of my life I grew up in um, Costa Rica. So I was I grew up in Lemon uh, in Costa Rica, man. Um, which is totally different than the United States. So as a kid, you know, no running water, no electricity, you know, but as a kid, you don't, re- you don't recognize some of those things. And until we came over to the United States, back to the United States, and I realized, okay, you know, running water and electricity, man, that's a big, that's a big thing over here, man. It was big for me as a kid. So and then we stayed with my grandmother in Charlotte, North Carolina, and then we moved into the inner city in Charlotte. Um, just like, you know, pretty much every major inner city uh, in the United States, man, you know, a very humbling, humbling um, upbringing. Yeah. And so are, is one of your parents Costa Rican? Uh, my mother's side, um, her family. Okay, cool. And yeah, inner city, uh, inner cities. And look, you, you live that experience. I've, I haven't lived that experience. My understanding is it's hard to get out of uh, that scenario and football, it sounds like it was a big part of you getting out of that scenario. Yeah, man. Um, you know, like I say, growing up in the inner city, man, I, I was always taught, though, I was, I was, you know, my father, man, he worked three, four times, two, four times in a part-time job. And he was only the, the only father in the hood, man. And I grew up in uh, West Charlotte, um, you know, crime rate very high. Um, and coming back as a, as a young kid, man, I was always already – and very inquisitive, you know, because I used, I used to get bus from West Charlotte all the way to South Charlotte. And of course, if you know West Charlotte, West Charlotte is, you know, more poverty, um, you know, crime written. And I used to get bus all the way to South Charlotte where 
it was a lot of, it was luxury. Um, and not just luxury, man, it, you know, you had Lamborghinis, Ferraris. And as a kid, I used to think, okay, why is my neighborhood like this? And why is, uh, you know, I get bust over here. So it kind of played on my, on my, on my, on my brain. Um, and while I was growing up, you know, I think that was around fifth grade. I came back when I was like 10, 11 years old. So around fifth grade, sixth grade, I had a guy come uh, speak to my class and I was sitting in the back and uh, his name was Harvey Gantt. You know, he was the first African-American, um, he became the first African-American mayor in Charlotte history, but he said that he was an architect. And so my whole life, man, you know, I played football and I played football just for really, man, I, you know, I know it's a podcast, man, but I just played it for, for other kids to feel me, to feel my, um, basically my pain, my anger that I had growing up in the inner city. I feel that basically, man, into the bodies of young souls, man. I used to try to punish them, uh, to make them feel me. Um, but I, I transferred that energy uh, into football. And at the same time, going back to Harvey Gantt, man, he was an architect. And I, I told myself that's what I wanted to do um, for the simple fact that he told me everything is planned or 20, 30 years, you know, and I asked him, like, what about my neighbor? He said that was planned. And so I started at a young age researching, you know, how do they plan the inner city, the ghettos, and things of that nature. So I was kind of one of those different type of kids, man. Um, but, you know, like I say, it was rough and that was at a young age. And so I guess around, you know, 12, uh, about 13 years old, 12, 12 years old, I, I probably saw my first murder. Um, mm. Did something to me. Um, it did something to my soul, man. Anytime you see a life be taken at a young age, man, it basically... It did something to my soul. I don't know if I ever would get that back, but you know, football helped to regenerate that. Um, you know, going through different things in my mind, growing up in the inner city and playing a game of football, man. I never thought I was gonna go to the NFL. I just wanted to do something better for my community, for my parents. And um, you know, I, quite frankly, man, I, I really, you know, want to bring pain to the opponents, man. And that's that's where a lot of my play came from. I, I didn't know in a, a lot about you know, three star, four star, five stars. Uh, in my hood, man, it was, you know, I was, I was, I was like a superhero. And um, I took that, I took that on my back, you know, for the older people or people that didn't, weren't able to get out of the situation. You know, I played the game for them. I played myself and my brother, man. So every game, every snap in practice, man, it meant something to me, man. And I, I laid it on the line in practice. So if you talk back to some of my old high school coaches, college coaches, man, they probably say I was a madman, but I wasn't a madman. I was just driven by something different than a lot of kids. So you you were one ten every play, practice or game. All in, man. I you know you know I said my guy Anthony Pondex and you know Aaron Brooks he stays here, but I just know you know they just be like, look, take the pads off, man, because I didn't see teammates. I didn't you know I. I didn't want to injure anybody, but I really wanted them to feel my hurt, my pain, what I what I felt in my soul, and uh, that's how I played the game. Wally, you're one of uh, a few reasons why I never played at the college level. Not that I could have, <laughs> but I, I I don't need to take it. I don't need you putting your shoulder in my ribs, uh, going at one ten. I I definitely don't need that. So, were you a big recruit in high school? Did did colleges know about you like when you were a sophomore, junior, that kind of thing? Man, I'm, I'm going to be quite – I played for Tommy, Coach Tom Knox, man. And he's uh, – I think Knox is probably maybe 440-something wins. So he's one of the most win high school coaches in U.S. history. 
And um, my first two years, like all I knew I was gonna go to college somewhere. He, back then that's when uh, coaches used to hold the mail from you or whatever. Cause he figured it would make you soft. Um, and so I was highly recruited, but I didn't know it. Uh, <laughs> like the end of my junior year, like uh, that's when he started giving the mail and everything. But, you know, I didn't know anything about, you know, two star, three star, four star. All I know, I was a, I was that guy, you know, coming from where I come from, man, the attitude and, and, and you know, I deal with coaches now. They don't, they don't have that same attitude. Uh, growing up from the inner city, man, like you had an attitude, like, man, you always the best. You know what I mean? You hardened about a lot of stuff. So um, I, didn't, I didn't really need the stars or this, but my son, I guess he looked me up and said, dad, I saw you was a three-star. I said, I never knew that because myself, man, I was a star. I played the star everywhere I went, man. And uh, you know, I kind of starred myself up, I guess. Three, three stars, a big deal. You were in rare air at three stars. It's funny, man, because I'm just, I'm just learning that. I'm just learning that, man. Here I'm almost 45 years old. I'm just learning that I had stars, man. I didn't even, I didn't know about it, man. Like I said, the game for me was, was pretty a game. It was like my therapy. So, you know, I didn't really care what a lot of people thought. All I know, man, I, I just hope your kid is not out there because I'm, I'm, you know, it's going uh, to be brutal. So you were, I assume you were a middle linebacker in high school. I was a middle, I played, I actually came into high school in West Charlotte, man. I was 6'1", maybe 165. I played defensive end. Oh. Um, but the, I guess the, the rage and the anger, you know, on the field. I want people to understand it was on the field, not off the field, but on the field, man, made up for a lot of that. Yeah, and so 165, I can't imagine you you weighing 165. I was 165, man. I probably was benching like 315. What? In, in uh, my uh, my last year in uh, high school, I, I left high school at like 190, 189. But I was doing 315 a good 12 to, 12 to 14 times. What? Man, I, I was doing bitch a lot uh, in my 20s. And I got, yeah. up to, I got up to 310. I was five pounds away from 345s on each side. Just try, just try to do it one time. And I never did it. And you're talking about doing it 12 to 14 times. That's crazy, man. Yeah, man, it's it's just, you know, benching, I tell a lot of young people, man, like lifting weights is, a lot of it's just mental, you know, transferring that energy and mental, man. So I was able to move a whole lot of weight, man, just, I think, man, just because of, you know, the inertia in me, man, I, I just moved a lot of weight. So when Coach Knox was uh, finally letting you know what schools were interested in you, uh, how, how many schools are we talking about? Man, I don't know. I had a, a garbage bag for from East Coast, West Coast. So everybody. South, you know, every major school. Um, but my main thing, man, was my brother played with me. And my brother, um, he's like my angel, man, because uh, you know, growing up in the city, man, I, I was I was I was that kid, man, was I'm not gonna say a hothead, but I needed action. And uh my brother. You know, my father always told me, man, steel sharp and steel. So he had, he was kind of like the the, the the eyes in the in the front and back of me, man. He saw a lot of stuff that he always pulled me to the side and kept me straight. And so uh, we we played. He's a year and a half older than me, but we played. We was in the same grade. And so I was I was um, heavily recruited. But one of the main thing was that I go to school with my brother. And regardless of what school wanted me, like you had to have a scholarship for my brother. That's cool. So who was uh, in the top five? What, what five schools were your five finalists? 
Well, the top five, man, uh, was Florida, um, UNC, Clemson, Virginia, and uh, I, I actually narrowed it down to four. Um, you know, the other one was probably like NC State because uh, a lot of them was in the ACC because I wanted to get away from home or where I grew up, but I didn't want to go too far, man, that some of my love, loved ones couldn't see me. And um, it went narrowed down between UNC and, and uh, UVA. And um, the reason I chose UVA, one big reason is I bonded with the guys. I bonded with Brooks and, and I bonded with Poindexes and Pope and Womack. I, we had a, a bond right out the gate because all of us was from the inner city and uh, we had the same mentality and everything. But also one of the bigger reasons, man, is because it goes back to when I was in the you know, fourth grade and um, Mayor Harvey Gantt, and I told myself I wanted to be an architect. And in the inner city, man, everybody's like, oh, you can't do that, you can't spell it. My grandma told me to spell it. Like, you can't, you're not gonna be an architect, you spell it. Um, but my whole life I said I wanted to do that. And they had one of the best architectural programs um, in the ACC, but kind of in the, in the U.S., in NCAA. And so that was a win-win for me. That's cool, man. So I, I uh, chose UVA. Yeah, well, you chose right because, look, UNC is garbage. UVA <laughs> is awesome. So you and I both went to the University of Virginia. We both That's know right. how, how special it is. Uh, and you played for uh, Al Grow there, right? No, no, no. Uh, Al, oh, you were, on, you were on your Welch. Yeah, I was on the Welch. Well, Al came in later. That's right. Did, did he coach you at all, or was it Welch the whole time? Well, his son, I played with his son, but Welch coached us the whole time. Yeah, so Mike Grow, uh, was a funny guy, man. Yeah, who Mike is or Al? Well, no, uh, Coach Welsh is funny. Or George, George. George yeah. was funny, man. Hey, I mean, but he's uh, he's a very funny guy, man. And hell, I thought he was older. I thought he was older when I went there than what he was. You know, he was. I'm like, damn, George really wasn't that old when I went there. But yeah, when when I was there, eighty seven ninety. When I was there, eighty seven ninety one, I thought he was like eighty years old when <laughs> that's I got right. there. That's that's right. I see Dan, Dan has his last name, Lance. So my linebacker coach was Coach Lance, man. One of the best linebacker coaches I had, man, Coach Lance. Huh. Well, here's here's the cool thing, Wally. Daniel lived, grew up overseas. He, I mean, he's American. He was okay. He was born here, but he spent a lot of time overseas. Like he went to high school in Cairo, Egypt. Okay. So he knows more about soccer than and maybe even cricket than he does about American football. Oh, that's all right. So, so the, the fact that we're talking to a baller who played in the NFL, like – he literally had to look up what a middle linebacker does right before you got on. Yeah. Middle linebacker, baby, get busy, baby. <laughs> yeah. No, I, it said that it was one of the most dynamic and versatile positions on the field. You got to know how to react t- depending on what the play does. Yeah, that, man. And, you know, football IQ, um, emotional intelligence, right? So in between the lines, man, it's a lot of violence and chaotic rage. But as soon as the whistle after that play is over, maybe seven, eight seconds. If that, you got to go back into thinking, man, and then you back at it again. So it's like a, it's like a, you know, a switch up every time. Did you ever see? Did you ever see players that couldn't switch back into that rationality? They just got taken over. Man, I see a lot of players, man. I mean, you know, doing the game, and then of course, man, like after the game is over with, you know. Um, even when you're playing. So when I what I used to do, man, you know, when a game was over, I didn't go straight home to see my kids or see the wife. I didn't I didn't do that because I knew like I was at a high point, you know. 
and you don't want to make mistakes in this, so I want to calm down. But even during the game, you know, I, I, I can say this. I never got a personal file. You know, I played the game violence, but I played the game smart, you know, so it was it's a thinking man game just like life. You know, I, well, I'm not going to say I never got a personal file. I didn't get too many personal files. Because <laughs> I, I was going to have to look that up while I was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think I didn't get too many, man, because I played it within the lines. You know, I know the NFL, I caught a couple, man, you know, and they, they said it was. I'll tell you about that one, but it one, the one of them was with Jerome Bettis, man. So I was a rookie. And uh, I was one of the only starting rookie linebackers, and I took over for Chris Spielman. And I remember coming to my locker, and I had all these news reporters. I never, they never talked to the rookies. So we were about to play the Steelers. I had all these news news reporters. And uh, they was like, backing against the locker, and they was like, hey, Wally, what do you, um, would you hear about what Jerome Bettis said? I'm like, what, what's going on? He called you Walter. <laughs> what? He called me Walter. I tell you what, you can put this down. He gonna know my name at the, at the um, uh, of course, you know, that the coaches, uh, the coaches called me and you know, you can't do this in NFL. I said, coach, I'm gonna back it up. So I, I had a lot of benches when I was playing him. So I was, I would tackle him and I'm act like I'm hitting the ball. I was hitting him in the mouth and all type of stuff. So, uh, I, I think I got a couple of fine. I mean, a couple of, I got fine, but I didn't get a penalty. So yeah, the NFL's funny like that. You yeah, get a I got fine, but I didn't get a penalty. I'm like, listen, I'm going for the ball. You know, you can't. I didn't get a penalty on that play. How you gonna find me? Did Did Jerome call you Wally after the game or Walter? No, nah, no, nah, it was Wally. I, I ended up with about 18 tackles or so, man. Uh, I, I earned my respect, man. You know, and that's that's the thing about the NFL, man. I, you know, a lot of everybody has an admiration to go, and it's a tough game. It's tough. It's a tough place to get, but it's an even tougher place to stay. So when I see guys that stay over four years, you know, it's my hat's off, you know, because it's tough. You know, it's the best of the best, and they rotate you in and out, man. It's tough to stay in there. Yeah, you're, you're top one-tenth of one percent kind of thing, and y'all are going hard. You're super athletes, and the body is only meant to take that, but, but for so so long, right? Man, I'm telling you. So did y'all try to prevent – um, injury from from happening to to each other. Like, was there a gentleman's respect in that regard? Because a lot of the time, it's injury that knocks people out, right? Man, yeah, injury. But you know, the whole thing is stay up. Hey, if I hurt you while you stand up, man, you just gotta deal with it, man. It's, it's hey, listen, man. I'm gonna tell you, and this is the truth. This is how I play the game, and you get anybody know me. I, it's 100 percent practice everything. I mean, I'm not gonna blow your leg out, but. You run through the hole, man. If I, if you, you know, if you haven't been lifting weights and I smack your shoulder out of joint, you know that's kind of one of them things. I don't yeah. see you hurt, but man, that's just kind of the nature of the beast. You're you're not targeting, but you're coming hard. I'm yeah, I'm targeting somebody's body. I mean, I'm not targeting the head. Well, we used to target the head. I'm not gonna lie, man. But young kids, if you watch this, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Don't target the head. It's safer now. My my but, unborn uh, grandsons do not target anybody's head. Do not target anybody's head, period. But you know, back then, man, that was that was like the uh, kind of the law of the land, man. Everything goes. Every part of the body went. It was on, it was on go. So I I, uh, I I have to double down. I'm glad I wasn't on the football field with you, Wally. I, it wouldn't have ended well <laughs> for me. Hey, man, you know I'm I'm not, you know even the game they call it softer now, but I don't think it's softer. I think it's more intelligently played where. 
Uh, you get you don't have a safety that's coming down, running a four 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 three. You know, two hundred pounds. You know, diving at your neck and your face. I won't want that to happen to my kids. Um, but I tell you what, man, it's not for the faint of heart, man. It's, it's true gladiator. It's not soccer. You know, so I don't like you. You don't like me, and we going at it. Right on. Hey, so what did did you like your experience at UVA? Man, I loved it, man. Probably the best experience of my life. That I always tell young men. And, and young women I talk to, man, go to school. I don't care what school you go to. UVA is a great to school, but if you got to go to tech, go there. You go to go to college somewhere. That's the best experience of your life. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, how old are your how old your oldest kid, Wally? My oldest is my daughter. She's eighteen, man. She's going to Bryant University to play uh, softball. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's uh, my son's a freshman in college, and he doesn't go to class. He's just sitting in a dorm room yeah, taking classes virtually. It's crazy. Yeah, that's tough, man. It's it's tough for the young for the young people, man. Hopefully, man. Uh, I, don't, I don't like the, that cliche of normalcy, man. But I hope they can get back where they can, you know, meet and be out and be able to socialize and, and communicate with each other, man. Instead of being on on these, uh, you know, uh, zooms and stuff like that. Yeah, like we're doing now. Yeah, like we're doing. I was about to come out there, man, but I figured I was like, Let me, I better say Zoom, man, because I'm gonna be busy. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, Wally, it's all good. Uh, here's the deal, though. Th there's a future date where you're going to come on with Roger Lee. Okay. And you'll, and you'll be in my place. All right. We Is that go. cool? That's cool, man. All right, nice. Who Who's your best friend at UVA? Man, my best friend is my brother, man. He always been, man. You know, he, he, was, he was my roommate. So, you know, it's, there's nothing better to have your brother as a roommate, man. That's awesome. Y'all still tight today? Man, tight, man. We're tighter than shoestrings. <laughs> where, but you know what, man? I, I also like to say, you know, guys like like Aaron Brooks and Terrence Wilkins and Poindexter's and Byron Thweet, all my guys on the on the team, Patrick Kearney, you know, we 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 were tight, man. Like that was a bond that we kind of made each other go through hell, man, for us lifting weights, running, push each other through a through a threshold that most people wouldn't go through. That we formed that bond, you know especially like my 98 season, man, where we was like, man, nope, we're not going home. You know, this is our season to, to take it all. And um, I think we were at one point, we was number six in the nation and we lost three of the games that we lost. You know, I, I have to say it was a coach's ball. I don't like to say that, <laughs> but we was up 21 points. Three games, we was up 21, nothing in 98. And coach Welch said, we don't, we don't need to score anymore. And it put too much pressure on the defense. So, you know, so hey, those, those are my guys, man. Coach, look, I'm saying this as a UVA fan. Uh, we were winning 28 nothing against Clemson. My, I, I think it was my the year after I graduated. What, what yeah. year did you go there? What was your first year? 95. 95. All right. So this was the fall of 91. 91. We up, I think. We were up 28 nothing at halftime against Clemson. We had just beaten them for the first time. I think two years earlier. We had never yeah. beaten them. We were 0 35 against them. We're up 28 nothing. I'm there with two of my buddies, and they're anti-UVA. They're Virginia Tech guys, so yeah, yeah, any, yeah. anybody but UVA kind of thing. And I'm talking all kinds of smack because we're up 28 nothing. We lost that game 29-28. Oh. Yeah, man. And it's, it's that kind of prevent defense, uh, like conservative offense kind of stuff. I'm like, play the way that got you to 28 points. Get to 50. Man, you know, the, the, the trouble part about it, man, I still know coaches to this day that coach like that. And to me, man, that's soft as baby food. You know, you yeah. play the game. You play the game to win. You play the game to dominate your opponent, man. And that's just that's how I grew up playing the game. You know, 
if I'm a, if I'm on a losing end, right, and this is true, and I've been on, I've coached teams where, you know, guys they just beat the mess out of them. It's a lesson to be learning that. You know what that lesson is? Mm. Get better. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, look at Danny. Danny like, man, I don't want to. <laughs> that's the lesson, baby. Get better. Yeah, that's it's, exactly it's like, right. Yeah, it's my concentration phase, man. I'm just absorbing, absorbing okay. the wisdom. Yeah, it's all good. All right, so the when you went into the uh, did you, you went to the NFL Combine? You did the the bench press two twenty five. You did the forty. What what was your uh, bench press on the two twenty five? How many reps? Man, I think I I think I did it like twenty seven or twenty eight. But let me tell you the story. I I was aiming to break it right. I got so jacked up that the ball was flying out my hand. <laughs> I was benching. It felt like it felt like it was 135 pounds. I was so jacked up. And I was benching, man. And I think at about maybe 14 or 12 or 13, something like that, man, the, the whole ball flew out of my right hand. Oh. Flew out, it flew out and it hit the um hit the ground. Boom. So I hear the coaches like racket, man. You it's gonna be tough to get any more. So I grabbed it, boom, put it back on my chest and just went at it again. So I think I ended up with like 27, 28, something like that. And if it had come out of your hand, you probably would have broken it. Yeah, yeah. If it, it wouldn't have come out of my hand, I, I probably, I, I knew I probably would have hit about 35 or something like that, 30, 36 maybe. What, what, what's the record? I don't know the record now, man. These young, these youngins, they, they, they strong and fast, man. Probably about 42 or something like that. I have to look it up. That's crazy, man. Daniel, do you understand what he just said? I don't understand the context. So, so you, this is like a test to see how many times you can bench 225? The NFL Combine is when they do a bunch of physical feats and uh, the coaches and, and scouts and everybody is checking them out. Well, what, tell, tell us about that experience. Tell us yeah. about the Combine experience. Man, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's one of a kind, man. Um, before the Combine, I went played in the Shrine Bowl, played with Aaron Brooks. Um, so the Shrine and the Senior Bowl are the top seniors. And we, we put that work in, you know, made AC, all ACC. And then we was invited to the combine, which is an honor. I think, don't get me wrong, I think maybe 363 people or something like that is invited, something like that. Um, but I invited, we was invited there. So you see all the, you know, everybody you see on ESPN, yourself, everybody made all ACC, all biggies. So it's everybody in one, in one area. And so, um, you know, everybody filling out each other. So. You know, it's a lot of testosterone going on out there, man. A lot of big egos and stuff like that. But it's it's good, man. But that's it's good for the game. So you go out and compete. I did the bench, and I didn't do the four. I did a lot of the other, I guess, the three cone and a lot of other drills. Um, but it was good, man. You know, I met a lot of guys like Donovan McNabb and, um, you know, a lot of guys that came out in 99. You know, all our whole class kind of, you know, jailed together because uh, we got drafted in 99. So it was it was a good thing. Did you have any idea who was going to draft you before they picked you? Man, to be quite honest, man, I did. Um, this is, uh, you know, uh, I, I always said I had a strong intuitiveness. Um, I think some people call it third eye, you know, whatever, gut. But uh, on the first day, on the first draft, first day of the draft, I, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I didn't get drafted. I thought I was going to go to Dallas at first. So I went to sleep that night and I woke up and I told my, I had this dream, a very vivid dream that I was playing on the NFL team and I was actually playing, I, I was there playing, I knew it like, and I woke up like I knew I was gonna play. Um, that team had no um, emblem on, this, on, the, on the side of it. 
And I, I told my pops, I was like, yo, I got drafted, man. I'm, I'm getting drafted today. I already know. He was, and I said, I had a dream. I was, I was playing on the team. I was actually playing and felt so real I was there. So I know I'm getting drafted. He was like, well, who's on, what, what Emily was on the side of the head? I was like, man, it wasn't one. And I got drafted by the Cleveland Browns, which they had just come back. And that was the only team in uh, NFL without a emblem on his head, on the, on the, on the helmet. Yeah, they've, most of their history, they've never had anything on the yeah, side of that helmet. Yeah. So that's, that's a true story right there. Were you, so you don't have to answer this question, but were you happy Cleveland drafted you? Man, I was happy for anybody, man. Coming from where I come from, I never, I never met an NFL player, man. And, uh, you know, I guess right, just right now, I could just kind of start thinking about, man, you know, all the hard work they put in to where I got. Um, but at the time, man, I was happy, like, damn, I'm going to NFL, man. It was like a big thing, uh, a big thing to go to college. But it was even bigger to be able to go and get drafted to play on the NFL team, man. So I was like, wow, you know, that was, that was pretty amazing. And you had a, a ridiculously good rookie year, didn't you? I did, man. It was uh, I, I had I think about two hundred tackles. I led the league in tackles and, and things of that nature, man. It was it was brutal, but it was good. You know, um, each year, man, got tougher and tougher. Um, but that rookie year was it was it was one of those things where I was prompting as a as a starter, um, and all I knew was go hit and tackle, man. So that same energy went into into the NFL. So it was really no difference. Um, so it, it was beautiful, man. And you enjoyed just, your time in Cleveland? I enjoy them. I still get fan mail from Cleveland, man. And uh, I love Cleveland. I love the fans because the fans are like high school. Um, they know everything about you. They know huh. they know about you. They know if you got kids. They know where your mother's from. You know, they know what your favorite food is. So that's the type of thing I really appreciate. They're real diehard football fans. They are awesome fans. And uh, – like, I don't understand that level of being a fan. Like, that's – like, I I don't need to know your favorite food, Wally. But since we're talking about what is your favorite food? Man, you know what? My favorite food, since I'm a vegan, man, is broccoli. Um, Get out of here. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're a vegan? Yeah. So is Daniel. Like 10 years. Yo. So is Daniel. Let's go, man. Go ahead, y'all. My man. Y'all spend some time talking about being vegans. <laughs> Did you I'm, say I'm, I'm gonna think about eating meat while y'all talking about being a vegan? Yeah, yeah, go for it, man. Wait, yeah, so you man, said ten I'm, years? I'm a vegan. Hey, that's why I mean, when I got out of the NFL, man, um, just being a middle linebacker, all the banging and aching, and I changed up my diet, man, and uh, I feel great. I almost Dude. feel like I need to go back out there and play. Nice, mm. man. So wait, did you say ten years now? Yeah, like ten years. That so, is incredible. So, it's so been four years for me. Hold on. What was the team that had all the vegans? Was it the Titans? The Titans. The Titans. So, actually, man, the Titans, Redskins, a lot. You know, so it's a good, like, 75% of the, the players now are vegan. Really? <laughs> That's, I did not know that. I'm yeah. telling you. And did you see that new movie, The uh, Game Changers, Wally? I just saw it last year. What did you think? Even before it came out, man, like, how my body. When I got in Detroit, maybe, like, 03, 04, I was already adjusting, um, you know, my body, man. You know, seeing how different foods feel, and you know how um, how much energy I had, and uh, man, I just started adjusting. And man, I, when I finished, you know, when I was done, you know, around that time, I went completely vegan. Well, I went vegetarian, then went vegan. Yeah. So I got to ask the question that everybody um, asks, well, would ask you is, uh, how do you maintain mass? Man, I get in the gym and get busy, man. But I, <laughs> I take a um, that's it, baby. 
My, you know, my, I still, <gasps> you know, 150 pound dumbbells are still get busy, man. Ah. I, um, I eat a lot of, you know, lentils and beans and rice, complex proteins. I get yep. right now, man. Let's go, dude. Avocado, you know, and I take um. That's know, what's up. And I take a shake, um, a vegan shake. Uh, but I, I don't do a lot of soy. I don't do the soy thing, but like pea protein. I take pea protein. Oh, man, yeah. You can get tons and tons of protein. I'm glad. Uh, I knew you had good answers, uh, but hold when on, I try to – Hold on, hold on. How much do you weigh, Daniel? Uh, 155. Yeah, so wet. he's basically – he's got – he's rolling with two dumbbells that weigh about as much as you each. <laughs> hey, but look, I tell you, man, like I'm, I'm two I'm – two, two, man, so – I've been 232 for I mean, ever since I retired, so I haven't I haven't lost it. I haven't lost anything. So, yeah, dude. I mean, it sounds like I need to get get busy because uh, whenever I tell people about the vegan thing, they look at me, they look at my arms, and they're like, "Oh, of course, of course, you're vegan." You got to get busy, baby, in the gym, man. 4 a.m., baby, we get busy. Oh. 4 a.m. Get out of here, man. Is that how early you get up? Man, that's right. You got to get. You got to. Hey, you get up and you go get it because. <laughs> about it man you got you fighting against the mind you know everybody want to get up and go around eight or nine o'clock or after work you know you got to get up man when your, your mind still sleep you got to wake it up that's oh. right wow all right go ahead y'all y'all can spend a little more time talking about the vegan thing go ahead hey man I mean, hey I, hey young guys look into it your health is your wealth baby i feel like i'm 25 i couldn't yeah. say it better myself I'm rookie <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, so you were out of the NFL by the time you you went vegan. Man, I, I think I was transitioning, man, around that old four oh, uh, no, no, probably like oh five oh six. I was transitioning. So, so was, how'd you? I was like a pescatarian then. Nice. How'd you hear about it? Man, truthfully, my pops went. My pops went vegan. I'm like, man, I never do it, and. Quite frankly, man, you know, as an older NFL player, you're always trying to get that advantage. And so I wanted to lean up. I wanted to lean up, trying to, you know, change the the, 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 um, the chemistry of my body, see how, you know, how lean can I get, you know, uh, how much my endurance can increase. So I started cutting out things and adding more things, you know, and, man, here I am. That's just kind of, I, I did, I didn't do it off of <laughs> looking at a show or, really hearing it from somebody, man. I just did it off just really trying to be great at, at what I was doing. And how was your, how'd your uh, pops react when you went vegan? Well, I became a pescatarian, but my pops, man, he had a lot of energy, he was running. So I'm like, man, you know, he's like, I'm going straight vegan. And so I'm like, all right, I, I got I have to have some meat. So I was eating fish. And then eventually, man, I just, it just faded away where I didn't even want meat, man. Man, that's awesome. That's, uh, yeah. That's Wally, uh, the, so, what vegan company is out there that would love to have Wally be their spokesperson for them? I tell you what, man, the, um, the one vegan protein that I use is called Ghost. It gets busy, baby. Pan Ghost. Nice. Is it just G-G-H-O-S-T? Yeah. All right, I'll have to look into that, man. Um, yeah, Ghost. Yeah, how about that? That's nutty. Go ghost, broccoli, and lentils. Hey, broccoli, man, good for you. Man, there's nothing better. Broccoli, Broccoli's great for you. Brown rice, avocado. That's my mm. brown rice, avocado, complex proteins. Yeah, complex carbs. Speaking yeah, my language. I, I, well, I did not see this coming at all, talking, talking <laughs> to Wally. 
All right, so you played Cleveland. You you enjoyed your time there, uh, and you ended up going to Detroit. And you were were you still on your rookie contract? No, um, I finished that, man. I I, I kind of uh, Bush Davis came in, right? And I, me personally, man, let me tell you, like, I grew up, like I say, in a humbling background, man. I we didn't really have much. All I had was my 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 my, my word and, and and my bond. And um, I, when I was in Cleveland, my last year, a lot of many people don't know this, man. And I was just speaking to my cousin about this. Um, I've never been a man to be, uh, what do you call it? Like dictated or ruled by anything. Like you can't put, you know, money or, or, you know, any type of power over me to make me be other than myself. And when I was in Cleveland, Bush Davis came in and I guess they were trying to figure out, you know, who the leader, everybody like, you know, well, at least the leader of the team, this, that, and the other. And, you know, guys on my team, I treat as my brothers, right? Uh, even though I played in the NFL, man, I was never like dazzled by the, you know, by the fame or by the whatever, the pretty stuff. Um, I always played the game and I always was who I was. And when he came in and he did a lot of injustice to the players that were, were there with me and they kind of tucked their tails, man. So I stood up for a lot of them. I actually stood up also for a coach. And he'll tell you this. Uh, his name, he's a defensive coordinator for uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Butts. And he played 10 years in the NFL. He actually drafted me. But Bush Davis came in one time, and I never saw another man talk to a man like he did with Butts, who's the defensive coordinator, man. And me being myself, man, I turned the lights on, man. I went at it with him because I, I never seen that type of disrespect in my life. And so, you know, I think that coaching staff had a – because I, I, I couldn't be dictated, you know, I, you couldn't, you know, put uh, um, money over my head or something over my head to make me be other than myself – that coaching staff, they didn't, they didn't want that. And so they kind of eased me out. I got traded on draft day to, to um, Tom Coughlin in Jacksonville. And then I went on to Detroit. But, uh, you know, the league is a, it's a different type of league. And when I talk to parents, right, and even when I'm talking to young men, I tell young men, be who you are. Because at the end of the day, you got to look yourself in the mirror. And I can tell you right now, a lot of guys that play with me, and I can put this on whatever, they know they can't even look themselves in the eye because I know what they did. I know what they did to try to gain success. And so to me, man, you're not a man. Right on. So I, I apologize. I, I thought that Detroit was your second stop, but it was actually Jacksonville. Jacksonville, uh, then Detroit, yeah. Yeah, and so, by the way, look, I, I've never been in the NFL. I've never been a coach. But I, I would think that the approach Butch Davis was taking might work in high school, might work in college, but it's definitely not going to work in the NFL. It's not going to work in the NFL, man. You can't, you got to be a man, a man on your word, and you got to be a straight up guy. And one thing I love about a lot of the coaches I played with, like Coach Coughlin, right? If they was going, you know, if they had a problem with a player or anything, man, they, they talk to you as a man. I'm used to that. Men talk to men. I wasn't used to coaches coming in, bringing like an old Miami mentality where they tell a player one thing and go behind his back and say another one to the press or say, and they was doing that to a lot of the players, man, even the coaches. I wasn't used to that. And so that's why, you know, Bush Davis guy, he got kicked out of, and I say his name because he know while he ran, he know how what we went through. Um, and he probably would never be on the field when I'm on the field because he would just run to the sideline. But mm. he uh it was just a different animal, man. You know, his mentality that he brought from college with dealing with young boys wasn't gonna work with dealing with men. It it wouldn't work with 90% of the guys that play in the league, I imagine, right? 
Yeah, it won't. And it didn't, it didn't work at it didn't work at UNC either, UNC Chapel Hill either. So yeah, you can't do that. I mean, you have guys that have families, have kids. Um, you know, you can't you can't you can't force people to do certain things. They supposed to come in and work. And he was trying to force people to do what he wanted to, to do for us off the field activities and stuff like that. And then just being, you know, disrespectful to a lot of guys because he knew he kind of held that money bag over their head. And, you know, a lot of guys, they succumb up to that. You know, they, they fall for that, man. And to me, man, that's weak. Yeah. Now here, did you uh, enjoy playing for Coughlin in Jacksonville? Man, I love Coughlin, man. And my, my, I still, you know, communicate with Fred Taylor and, and some of those guys, man. Uh, I love Coughlin because he was a disciplinarian coach, but uh, his structure. So we had, you know, eggs and oranges every Monday. So every Monday we would have eggs and oranges. So that was my type of guy, man. It wasn't like any big surprises with him. And he was definitely disciplinary and you, you weren't, you couldn't be late around him. What would happen if you were late? Man, let me tell you, man, in the NFL, I tell my sons, man, I'm like, listen, man, some of these guys are not going to make it because being late with Coughlin is being five minutes early. So if you're five minutes early, you're late. <laughs> yeah. So, Wally, I spent a little time in the, the, the military, and in the military, if, if you're 30 minutes early, you're late. So I, I, I oh, appreciate man. what he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and and he, he was a pretty successful coach in Jacksonville too, right? He was a good coach, man. I, I, I love it. He actually loosened up when he went to um, uh, Detroit. Uh, not Detroit. Uh, sorry, when he went to uh, New York. The, Gi- Giants. the Giants, yeah. Up, um because he was so strict and he became more of a, a, a player's coach, man. But he was a funny guy. Man. He kind of reminded me of Welsh kind of. So, yeah. You know, yeah. I can see that. Except he wouldn't do that prevent defense conservative mess in the fourth quarter. Man, like look, Jordan. I don't know how some of these guys, man, get coaching job. They're so scared, man. You got to go. You no know, prevent, man. You gotta, you gotta go, man. You gotta, you know. I don't all, know. All none of this uh, slow the clock down. I mean, it's crazy. Or run, have the clock run on run plays. That's how you punt the ball. That leads to punting. Yes, that's right. I'm, I'm having flashbacks to being a fan back in the late '80s <laughs> and early '90s. It's all good. All right. So while you you then went to Detroit, and I, who's your coach there? Um. I had Steve Mariucci. Mooch. Mooch has a he has a good personality. His, my impression of him is he's a good dude. Man, Mooch is one of the best dudes, man. Great, great guy, funny guy, man. And he he was more of a a veteran coach. Um, the only thing he didn't let us do, man, he didn't really let us grab up the rookies, man. You know, not hazing wise, but um to make them understand, man, that the NFL is not a, this is not college. You know, you can't be late. You know, we expect you to make the plays that you're supposed to make. We expect you to practice hard, you know, that type of stuff. He didn't, he's kind of let me talk to him first type of guy, which is okay. But I, I don't, I think in the NFL, man, and definitely in the NFL, players run the team. You know, coaches, coach, they get paid, but players run the team. And, you know, you got a lot of high school guys now. You know, a lot of high school coaches, they still try to run the team. That's why you have leaders. Leaders have run the team. That's how you become great football teams. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So I, I would love to meet Mooch someday. You can still keep in touch with him. Man, I haven't talked to Mooch, man, but I'm going to tell you, man, Mooch is a funny guy, man. This guy, he probably wasn't the best guy. He's a funny I never had a coach like him, man, because all my coaches that I had were kind of disciplinary, no, no, no bullshit guys. 
And Mooch is like real loose, man, like real loose guy. <laughs> well, hey, going to Detroit, being a UVA guy, I mean, you were following different side of the ball. He played offense, but uh, Herman Moore was in Detroit before you were, right? Y'all didn't play together. Herman Moore, um, Jermaine Cowell, actually, too, as well. Um, yeah, Herm was still up there, you know, living up there when I was up there. But, uh, yeah, Herm, you know, he made a name for himself, man. You know, big 6'4", tall receiver, man, going up and get it. You know, he was a beast. He, he was uh, Megatron before Megatron. He was. He was. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's uh, – I'm, I'm going to tell a quick funny story while because I think you'll like it. We were play, playing basketball at Slaughter Gym. Right. And yeah. when you play basketball, the middle court was where all the good players were. The court on the right was the next level. And then the court on the left were the, the scrubs. Well, I, was, <laughs> I was on the court on the right. And Herman comes in there. And I cannot remember the name of the cornerback, but, but he was the same year. Her, Herman and I graduated the same year. Okay. And, and everybody knew who Herman was when he came in. Like he was a huge recruit. Yeah. National high jump champion two years right. in a row. Like he jumped higher than anybody in the country in high school as a junior. I mean, right. it's just crazy. So we, we won our game. They got next. We're playing. He steals the ball. I'm, I'm the only guy that can stop him. Herman and I are the same height. I'm 6'4", too. Okay. Herman's coming at me. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a charge or I'm ready to move left or right. Like, he's not going to score easily. His cornerback buddy yells at me, get out of his way. And I'm thinking <laughs> he's worried about me hurting him because the football season's about to start, right? Right. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm 18. I'm not getting out of his way. I'm stopping this dude. So he, he keeps coming at me. I'm like, oh, he's coming into me. So I stood up as straight as I could, all six for me, Wally. Yeah. He kept going up. He spread his legs yeah. and went over top of me and Tomahawk slammed it. And I'm so grateful that cell phones didn't exist back then because I'd be right, on every poster ever made. <laughs> <laughs> Got highlighted, baby. Oh, man. And so I talked to his friend, his buddy afterwards, and I said, hey, why were you yelling me to get out of his way? You, you didn't want him to get hurt? He goes, no, man, I didn't want you to look stupid. I'm telling <laughs> you. A lot of those guys, man, they can play. I remember playing on x in Detroit. The D tackle man used to dunk the ball. He's called the big baby man. He dunking the ball all over. Crazy. It's crazy. Guys in NFL, man, crazy athletes, man. No, uh, there's a guy played before you named Ray Roberts, played at UVA too. Big Ray, yeah, big Ray. And I I played some pickup games with him. He was bombing threes. Like yeah, like, he, like he was 180 pounds, just yeah. lighting it up. It was crazy. The guys are athletes, man. I mean, doing backflips. Uh and I was at UVA, Antonio Dingle. That was the first time he got a guy, he's 320 pounds, man, doing backflips. This is crazy. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. So you played in Detroit for a couple of years, right? Yeah. And then you, you got traded to the Texans, and then you, you never uh, suited up, I guess because your body had taken too much well, punishment. Well, I, I played in Detroit, so the the coaching staff from Detroit left and, and went to defensive coordinator, right? He went to, to Houston. And so he, you know, he knew what type of guy I was and um, the linebacker coach. And they, they like, man, we need some toughness down here, man. So, yo, you, you know, we're going to bring it out here. So I came, I was actually starting. And um, I'm, I'm not going to lie, man, the game, I played the game violent, man. I mean, I know a lot of guys played it violent, but I played it real violent. Just like I say, man, just because a lot of stuff I grew up with, I saw, I played it so violent. And I remember, man, one day, uh, I had my daughter and I remember just saying, you know, just praying one day, like, you know, just let me know when this, when it's over. Like, cause I, me personally, man, I, 
I don't know how many young kids, but I, I was willing to give it everything on my on the field, man. Like I was like literally willing to die on the field. You understand what I'm saying? That was reality. Mm -hmm. And um, I just remember, you know, having my daughter, which is beautiful. Um, I got three boys after that, but having my daughter and just thinking like, okay, like, you know, universe, God, you know, whatever's out here, let me know, give me a sign when this was over, you know, when, when I was supposed to be done, you know, um, cause I want to be able to walk out this game. And uh, a couple of weeks later, I broke my ankle. Mm. And um, it was a pretty bad break. I got like 14 screws in it, Ooh. plates. And um, I don't know, man. I broke it, but then that was like the worst feeling in the world, man, like from a psychological standpoint, you understand? I've been playing this game since I was like 10 years old and it was like I broke my ankle, but it's like you like a warrior mentality, like it's broke, but I'll be back, you know what I mean? Like, it's like almost like the brain knows like I'm gonna be back, I'm ready to come back. But I never really quite healed, man. I was always a banger. And I ended up getting like two more surgeries on my ankle. Mm. And I was like, man, this is, it's time, you know, it's time for me to, uh, you know, transition to something different, you know, to be here for, you know, my children. And uh, also, man, to really be here for the young men because they don't know, they just know what they see on TV, the pretty side of the NFL. They don't know, you know, that this game can destroy you, you know, um, psychologically, physically, I've seen it destroy families. I've seen it where, you know, guys like Rashawn Salam, you know, God rest his soul, you know, the, the team got to go kick down the door to get him out because he's in depression and this. Um, that's the part of the game that a lot of these coaches that coach high school ball, they'd never played on that level. They can't get it to these kids, man, that, you know, you're really trying to save kids' life, you know, so it's like a gift and a curse. Um, so that's what I do, man. I, I really talk to these young on a level where, you know, all the high school coaches and, and the mothers and fathers, Fame is pretty and this, that, and the other, but um, I try to get them that, that complete balance where they definitely understand, you know, get your education, prepare yourself mentally, um, you know, well as well as physically, but it's not the end of the road, you know, have a complete balance because once that's taken away, you know, who are you, you know? And that's what we're seeing right now, not to jump around, but that's what we're seeing right now with this, you know, this coronavirus pandemic or whatever, uh, a lot of kids don't know who they are, man, and, and they have no love of life because their parents and the and the coaches all just been saying, you're just basically a number. You're a sports player. You know, you're yeah. way much more. So so after the, uh, you were in the NFL, you, you've been spending a lot of time raising kids, but you're also giving motivational uh, speaking engagements. Do you go all around the country or do you stay mostly on the – Man, I go everywhere, man. I, it don't matter where I go, man. I get the kids the truth, man. But, you know, I basically give them my story, man. Um, you know, a, a short story, man. Like, I didn't know, um, I'm, I'm, I didn't know how to speak to children. I didn't really know my gift or my light. I remember in 1990, maybe 1999, and I was starting as a rookie. And uh, like I said, I grew up in, I grew up in the inner city, man. And you know, when you become the NFL, man, like they, they take you all, you know, you go to all the fancy, nice, beautiful places, which is good, but it's kind of took me away from kind of who my, my, my base and my, myself, you know, who I was. And I was starting NFL. And I remember one day I, I, I got my mother a house and I stayed, I had an apartment in Cleveland. And I remember um, 
I used to have a lot of bags. I go on the off day, I just go buy a lot of clothes and stuff. I, I thought that would make me happy. And I was playing in the NFL. And I called my mother and I said, Ma, you know, for some reason I'm not, I'm feeling like it should be more. Like it should be something more. Like it's not really like this is cool, but it feel like it's something more. And she said, baby, you need to go back to your roots. And so I went down to like East 99 in Cleveland to the Boys and Girls Club and saw the young fellas running around playing. And, and um, at the time I had some billboards up you know, in the city. And so the, the, they, they all ran to my truck and the, the camp uh, director or whatever came and was like, man, you mind, do you mind speaking to my, to the kids? And I was like, man, I, you know, I don't know what to say, man. He was like, man, just, just start talking to them, tell them how you got to where you were. And uh, from that moment on, man, that kind of opened my heart up um, to really like give kids the truth, but you basically tell my story, man, like, you know, I've been through a, a whole lot growing up in the inner city, man. A lot of violence, a lot of stuff that, you know, a lot of kids, uh, a lot of people, grown people, you know, they probably probably be messed up, man, if they saw. And so I just gave my story, man, give my truth. And I help, and, and, and to this day, man, I help a lot of youth, you know, get to school, get to college, make sure they're okay from a um, psychological and mental um, uh, perspective as well as, you know, on the football and the physical side. That's cool, man. It's great you're giving back to the community. Uh, and you're spending a ton of time in New York and Richmond. Are When you're in Richmond, are you, like, family guy or are you motivational speaker and family guy? Man, you know, I, I look at it, man, like, really, man, I'm all of the above. Um, I say that because, man, you know, as a as a father, you know, I still consider myself an athlete, you know, I'm, uh, as a father, I'm an athlete, um, but I'm also a, a, a motivational, I guess, uh, I don't like to say, you know, people say, um, what they say, uh, I'm a real mentor, like, I, I'm, I'm a real, like, you know, I make mistakes, I this, but I, I tell, I try to tell my story so people can be better and be, you know, greater and for the young people to be greater. So I'm, I meet my truth where my truth is, and that's everywhere. Um, you know, I'm all, and when I go out in the community, I'm, I'm always a father too. You know what I'm saying? I'm a coach, I'm a father, you know, I'm an athlete. You know, I'm still that, that, that young guy, you know, that grew up in the inner city of Charlotte. So, you know, I, I, I engulf my entire being and I don't, I don't fray from that. You know, I know a lot of people that coach, a lot of young men and people, they fray from one side. I engulf my entire being all the time. Right, and, so, and you've been coaching a lot too, right? You've been, especially your Yeah, man, your I, I love the game of coaching. I just don't want to be a, a college coach, man. I, I It's just too much time. And I, I, I love, you know, you know, seeing my, my sons um, work their tail off, you know, earning their stripes, um, not being given anything. You know, they're in the gym, you know, they're training, they're they giving everything they got. I love seeing my daughter, you know, working her butt off. You know, she, she could have went to UVA, but... You know, all of them say, man, I want to be, I want to be myself, dad. I don't want to be in your shadow, which I think is great. You know, I never named any of my kids Waleed, and that's for a reason. You know, I didn't do the George Foreman thing, George <laughs> You know, I gave them their own name because I want them to produce into their own beings. Yeah, what, one of one of our jobs as parents is to help our kids become independent by letting them that's get right. dinged up and being themselves. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, hey, D Daniel, do you know the George Foreman thing? Like the grill? <laughs> yeah, the grill. <laughs> now, George Foreman has like seven kids, boys and girls, and he named all of them George. Oh, my. No, you can't do that. Yeah. Well, he did it. 
Oh, that's, <laughs> that's a crime. Um, so, so Wally, like you were talking about how you kind of stayed, you, you faced a lot of uh, temptations and there were times that you could have gone astray both, you know, when you were a kid in the inner city and then also in the NFL when all the pretty fancy lights and money and cars and houses, you know, you could have gone down dark paths at multiple points in your life. What do you think it was that kind of kept you on that straight and narrow? Man, you know, I don't like to, you know, stick on the cliche, man, but it was always something bigger than me. You understand? Um, and that's why it's, it's very important, man, for every, you know, young person, to, to, to someone to love them, somebody in their corner. And for mine, man, it was it was definitely, you know, like my, my, my mother, you know, and my, my pops who worked, you know, he worked two full times in a part-time job, man. So, and this for like 18 years, you know, I, I rarely saw him, but, you know, to know that somebody's sacrificing something bigger than, you know, sacrificing for you, that meant a whole lot, man. And that loyalty and that respect and honor. So I, I end everything when I'm talking to young men with respect and honor. You know, do you really honor someone? You know, do you really respect them? Not just by your lips, but do you really respect and honor people? And my whole life, man, everything was, you know, for for them, for the ones that love me, man. And mm -hmm. I say respect and honor. And, you know, in my life, you know, right now, you know, it's still for them, but it's also for my family, you know? So everything I do is, is, is for them. And I think a lot of the youth with technology, man, they get, uh, they don't have a sense of who they are. And um, they need strong people in their corner to, you know, make them open that light to know who you are. What you like is what you like. You don't have to like what someone else like. You don't have to try to get um, what they call this, Instagram likes and the, the, the TikTok likes. And that's who, that what makes you. You know, what you like is what you like and keep pushing forward whatever you want to do and don't let nobody steal you away from that because that's your power and the moment that you go away from your power something that you wouldn't usually do that lessens your power and your ability as an athlete or as a man or as a young lady and so um i think that for me that's what it was you know just to lo love love is the strongest energy love is the strongest force and you know even though i, I never had much from a material standpoint um but the love of, you know, my mother, my father, my brothers, you know, that's that, and my sister, that's that was the uh, the motivation factor, man. And yeah, that's a sad part of society today that love doesn't uh, withstand everything, and the young people look for it outside of self. Yeah, yeah, man. very very well said, Wally. And I imagine when you're coaching football and you're you're giving them a a, a talking to or a speech at some point. At, during the game or before the game, your team is probably the most fired up team on the field every time because of you. Man, you know, man, you know what, man, I, you know, I had coaches tell me, man, you know, calm it down. And I'm, I'm like, man, I can't calm it down. I'm up. You know, everybody got their own energy source, man. Mine just high. So let me be. Yeah. Um, you know, like they say, you know, at UVA, not just UVA, but in, let's say the law of, uh, of uh, science, man, that, you know, energy can, can, can't be created nor destroyed, only transferred. So I try to transfer that energy to my players because the game and life itself is to be, is to be played at a high energy level, you know, and um, that's how you get the best out of it, man. And some coaches don't have that, man. Some coaches just coach the coach and say they coached. Yeah, hey, so if I'm your coach, Wally, I'm not telling you to calm down ever. <laughs> well, you know, man, like, I, you know, I, I tell coaches, man, like, I, I'm a, 
I, I, I follow as well as I lead, man. Like I, I'm, I'm true to myself and I'm proud of myself where I don't have to be, um, I'm a leader, like regardless, you know, I don't have to be, you know, if you was a coach, I don't have to try to take your coaching job or try to take over the team. I just do what my part is. So, you know, I follow as well as I lead, man, but you know, I am who I am and you're going to get that. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a high energy, high intense guy. You know, if you don't like it, man, you know, do something about it. Go somewhere. <laughs> hey, um, hey, the be- the best leaders are also really good followers. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. You're an inspiring guy, Wally. Yeah, but, well, man, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, and and Daniel especially loves you, Wally, because of the whole vegan thing. Hey, oh, vegan yeah. baby, it's the way to go, baby. Let's go, baby. Please <laughs> look at it. Hey, you better. Hey, I'm telling you, bigger. Hey, you're stronger. You're faster. And you're you're you're. That's right. Okay, you've been getting in the gym. You've been getting in the gym. <laughs> That's right. Hey, we see you at 4 a.m., man. Go Yeah, man. No, I got to start getting busier. Yeah, you, you get did. busy, baby. So do I. Yeah. That's right. Hey, hey uh, tell us about your family. Man, my family, man. Um, I have my wife here. We out in Mosley. I have uh, three three sons and a daughter. Um, I couldn't... I couldn't imagine my life without them. They... they um, after football, man, I had a rough. Time, um, not rougher than others, you know, adjusting back to life, right? When I say life, you know, you've been playing something your whole life. And when it's taken away, there's a big void there. And um, just you know, I thank the universe, thank God for my family, you know, um, that just kept pouring love into me um, until I had to realize, okay, this certain things I have to do, you know, you, you, you have to do to um, correct yourself. It's almost like going, you know, it's like the closest thing to war, man. Um, and especially like guys like myself, or, you know, like me and other guys that you know, come from the inner city, man, that, that have experienced a lot growing up, um, that never dealt with those type of traumas. Um, and then you applied that to football. And when the game is over, that football, you realize that football was like therapy. And now you, you, you don't have that outlet. And it wasn't for my family to, you know, help me and recognize and, you know, consciously to to do stuff even more um hell i wouldn't be here without them you know my sons my daughter you know my wife my brothers uh my sisters just you know recognizing you know certain characteristics that were normal that i had to like really look at in the mirror for myself to to um to correct uh so i can live a a, a full life you know feel a full beautiful life so, and you're you're on the other side of that void. Wally. I'm big on family, man. Yeah, you, well, you're on the other side of that void, and you're living your best life now. Yeah, man, no question. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, before we finish here, I, I do have to say that Roger had shared a story of, about you because I think one of your kids played football with his son. I think is right. So, so yeah, that's how, yeah. how y'all know each other through youth football. Yeah, and right. it, uh, Roger would say uh, the parents would start talking smack to each other, and you weren't there but you would walk through a few minutes later and say something like, 
we're gonna beat your ass today, <laughs> and nobody nobody would talk. After you <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you know what, man? We're, 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 uh myself and uh, Roger, where we coped, man, it was called, uh, and they came back this year, man, the CPA Hurricanes. And you know, I look at it; it's real football. Um, when I first moved, you know, got here in Chesterfield area, I don't know, 2001, two, something like that. You know, it was a lot of football going on, but a lot of the coaches, man, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, man. Like when I say I, I, when I say soft, I'm not talking about from a physical form, but I'm talking like a lot of the coaches didn't. I, I, we couldn't see eye to eye from a standpoint of how I viewed the game, and you know, quite frankly, man, the game of football is a, is a, is a, it's a violent game, and um, what Roger and I coached at CVA Hurricanes, man, it was a uh, a very intense atmosphere. It was, it was the best of the best for young athletes. And, um, you know, hey, it was one of them things where, man, it, that helped me get on track as well, man, just being in, in that type of environment. But it was controlled, though. Like, I don't think I would have whipped somebody's ass. Well, I'm not going to say that, you know, <laughs> in front of a kid anyway. You know, just got to have some decency. You weren't saying it for the kids. You were saying it for <laughs> the parents. <laughs> That's right, man. But some of the parents get out of they get out of line, man. It's still a game and let the kids play. But you know, while you saying that talk, man, I'm gonna let you know, man, that I, this team about to, we about to put some, we about to whip your ass. <laughs> yeah, I've, so I've, I've been a game. My son played football for a little bit, and I've been at games where parents will will run onto the field and start yelling at parents on the other sideline. I'm like, what are y'all doing? Man, you know, but I tell people, man, I tell parents, look, man, I'm on coach intense. The players gonna be intense. But when this game is over, it's got to shut down. You got to get used to doing that. It's going to make them a better um, person, a better player to be able to control their emotions because the game is all about controlled emotion. So you get them real jacked up and then they got to find a way to get back down. But like some of the parents, man, they, they get wrapped up too far. And it's like, listen, let's not get it. That's, that, we don't want to get this twisted. Now, I'm a coach, but at the same time, I'm a man first. So, you know, when the game is over, it's over. Let it be. So, um, I mean, it's good times. So you got to train. Sometimes you got to train the parents too, man. You know, you, you coaching uh, players and parents. So. <laughs> cool, man. Well, Wally, I'm really glad you could join us tonight. I, I had a uh, good time talking to you. I, I learned a few things. Uh, you are more than what Roger described. And, of course, Roger didn't have a ton of time to tell me all about you. But uh, he said, Paul, I'm a super fan of your, your you and Daniel's podcast. You have to give me an advanced copy so I can hear it before the rest of the world hears it. Yeah. You, you think, hey, look, you think I want to I, I appreciate you guys, man, because I know I've been in and out, you know, New York and down back, and we finally got a chance to connect. And so, man, um, like I say, next time, man, we'll be there, man. I'm definitely there, man. So I'm, I'm here in, in Virginia, man. So anytime, man, let's do it. Do you know where I am right now? I'm in, I'm in just north of Richmond, man. I know, okay. where, I, I know where Mosley is. And by the way, it would take you about 45 minutes to get here for, or me, 45 minutes to get to you. All right. Mosley ain't close, but it's close enough, man. We can make it happen. Hey, we're not in New York, man, so it's good. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So we appreciate you getting online regardless and spreading the energy, Wally. Man, I appreciate you guys. Hey, go vegan, baby. enjoyed this episode feel free to subscribe through whichever app you're using to share your thoughts head over to our website at podso1.io and there you can comment on episodes or send us feedback directly thanks for listening